We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. As always, there's a ton going on around the NBA for us to dive into. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries to get into today, but also a little bit of drama involving, well, who else? But my Lakers. So we'll talk a bit about that, too. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, Keith, it's, it's already happening. The tidal wave of injuries is hitting the league. Yeah, injuries and like you said, drama. And then the team I cover, the Celtics, they, they just don't play games. They they played and then took three days off, and and they'll they'll play again eventually, some point. I think maybe tomorrow. But yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, the injuries, man. They're they're it's even though none of them are like season enders. It's just this is not where you want to be before we the calendar even uh, ticks over to November. So where where do you want to start? Uh, I guess let's start with Zaire Williams um, dealing with knee soreness. That's going to keep him out for a bit. I, this is, I mean, I, like you said, I hate seeing this happen so early in the season. Like that's, that's concerning. Yesterday we had Kawhi now starting things off with a young player in Zaire, Zaire Williams. What's the prognosis here? Um, could this become like a, a recurring thing for him this season? Yeah, hopefully not. They're, all, all they're saying is he has right knee soreness uh, stemming from patellar tendonitis. And they're saying about four to six weeks before he's going to even like start up again um, with, with that. So so we'll, we'll see you know, where that goes. And that's that's rough. Um, yeah, this was a long time. One, right? Young player, second year guy. Yeah, definitely a long time. A second year guy. And it's he had a chance to play a mat. He was going to always play a big role, but play a huge role for the Grizzlies early in the year with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. out with Dylan Brooks was out to start the year. And then Kyle Anderson gone. It was like Zaire Williams, like here's 35 minutes a night. Let's go. And, you know, unfortunately this knee stuff propped up at the end of uh, um training camp. And now here we are. And this is, you know, four to six weeks from now. So, Four weeks is essentially the beginning of December, two more weeks. So I'm guessing we're probably thinking Christmas-ish return for Zaire Williams. Again, not the end of the world if nothing else comes out of this and he's fine when he gets back. But, you know, we're going to be looking at the Grizzlies as one of those teams that's going to be like, as long as they can uh, just kind of keep their heads above water. It's like they can be adding trade additions here uh, in the right. next couple months. 
Right. I mean, as long as they can can get healthy, I, I I've said that just a few times over the past few seasons. As long <laughs> right. as they can get healthy, uh, this can still be a really tough team to to deal with. But these injuries are starting to pile up for them. Sure. Uh, never a good sign, particularly for a young, exciting team in the NBA. Uh, speaking of injuries, though, Damian Lillard goes down due due to a calf injury. Now it sounds like he said he's not that worried. Just didn't want to push it in like the yeah. fifth game of the season. But Portland's winning streak does come to an end against the Miami Heat last night. Then Lillard goes down to this calf injury. Something to keep an eye on. He was the Western Conference Player of the Week. I mean, performing at an insanely high level, back to being Dame time. And now, boom, injury. This, again, it's just, I hate this. I hate that we turned injuries on. Turn these things back off. (laughs) I, it worries me too when it's an older player gets like Mm -hmm. these things that are almost kind of like nagging injuries for them because then it feels like this is, is this something that's going to pop up again and again? And then is it going to turn into, all right, I'm going to have to be out a week instead of just missing a game and those kind of things. So I do get very worried about that with guys like Damon Lillard, because that kind of stuff is just, it's just tough, you know, with this. Now he said, if it was the playoffs, I wouldn't even come out of the game and I'd be playing and it's fine. But he did say he's probably going to miss uh, the game on Friday night and say, you know, let's, uh, you know, go from there. But yeah, we're, we're going to see that this is a, uh, you know, this is definitely tough um, to, to see how he gets through this. Something to keep an eye on for sure. And again, like you mentioned with it, with an older player, uh, DeLon Wright, who've been playing well, now eight's out six to eight. Man, we've got four to six weeks with Williams. Now DeLon Wright, six to eight weeks with a hamstring injury, a hamstring issue. I mean, these can be tricky. You never know when a hamstring injury can flare mm-hmm. back up. But, man, six to eight weeks, that, that's telling you this is something significant here. No, without a doubt. If we think of, like, James Harden, it never really went away right. until this offseason. And then he talked about how, like, he had to basically just sit for a long time until he was able to even even go. So, you know, obviously DeLon Wright, I'm not saying he's James Harden. He's not that level of importance to the Washington uh, Wizards, but he is a key player for them behind uh, Bradley Beal and behind Monte Morris. He's like their third guard. Um, they really were getting a lot out of playing those three together. So, we're, again, this is, this is hard. And their next kind of guard up in their grouping is the rookie Johnny Davis, who – through summer league in the preseason, he looked like he was at all ready uh, mm-hmm. for anything resembling NBA minutes. So that's going to be something they're going to have to work through Washington. Really, again, six to eight weeks. Just if we start doing the timeline, if that's eight weeks, you're talking New Year's at the earliest um, on this, and probably sometime into the beginning part of January. I mean, that's the thing. All of these injuries that we have coming through now, they're they're. I mean, aside from maybe Damian Lillard, there are injuries that are looking at, you know, you're maybe talking about the second. I mean, most people see Christmas as the halfway point for the season, you know, um, as a stopping point. That's that's what we're looking at, like kind of the second unofficial half of the season. Some people look at as post trade deadline, second half of the season. But either way, this is significant. The amount of time that these guys are going to be out. This isn't these aren't just like minor. Hey, I'm going to be back in a week. Miles Turner, I stepped on the ball boy's foot and I'm going to be yep. okay a week from now. I'm going to go out there and play. This is like these guys are going to be out for a long stretch of time and then these teams are going to have to scramble to try to figure out what they're going to do. Um, we'll see what happens there in Washington. Could change some yep. things for them uh, as we get closer to the trade. And, and that's a team that's trying to be in the play-in mix, right? Like, mm-hmm. like they're trying, you know, obviously they'd like to be in the top six, but but – you know, they want to be in that eight to 10 range and just get into the play in and see if we can get in and, you know, make a playoff appearance and maybe make something happen. And now it's kind of like, yeah, that's probably not going to be the way that goes. 
Yeah, I mean, they've got Monte Morris, who's you know playing just fine for them. You've yeah. got Bradley Beal, but your your depth is going to be tested quite a bit. At there. a spot where you don't want to be without, right? It's that's right. that's probably the hardest position to be without. And and again, it's like they have a like I was looking at Cleveland, right? So Cleveland, Darius Garland goes down. Um, you've still got Donovan Mitchell moves over to the point, but then you've got Raul Neto um, there. Who's just another good, solid, you know, been around for a million years can just step in and give you 15, 20 minutes. The box have a whole bunch of guys that could just step in and give you 15, 20 minutes at the point, Washington, it's Monte Morris. And then you're probably going to say, Hey, Bradley Beal, we need you to swing over and run the show a little bit uh, mm-hmm. here. And then you know, maybe Johnny Davis. But like I said, he just looked so far away yeah. uh, the other day. Now, we also got a little bit of intel on the Utah Jazz. Now, this is fortunately not injury related here, but uh, they are pretty high on Jordan Clarkson. And according to Zach Lowe, they are uh, looking at Clarkson as the guy they don't really want to move or least likely to be traded out of the players that we've heard about, which, uh, of course, begs the question, then who are you trading? <laughs> right because Clarkson is kind of the one piece they have left of the pieces that we're assuming they're putting on the trade market that you would think would have some value Mike Conley probably has negative value same thing with Rudy Gay Boyan Bogdanovich they already sold off so Jordan Clarkson if he's not available I do wonder is does that mean Utah is just standing pat yeah I, I'm starting to think they're gonna say hey let's roll with this and mm-hmm. much like Danny Ainge did with the Celtics it's Let's just see if Minnesota doesn't have very good, or maybe Cleveland doesn't end up as good as we you know, all collectively think they might be right now. Both of those teams off to pretty good starts and they're feeling okay, but Hey, we don't, you know, it's, I, I wonder if Danny Ainge has also learned a little bit of how many draft picks is too many, you know, do, do I really sure. need, you know, 50 draft picks, you know, going forward and those kind of things. And, and as long as they keep playing well and the jazz, I, it's weird. I did not expect this. So by no means am I trying to be like, told you, because I didn't. But it doesn't feel fluky the way they're playing. Like, it feels like it might be kind of real because their ball movement is good. Mm, their is. shooting is pretty good. Um, defensively, I, I don't think they're going to quite hold up there. I think that's where, as they get into playing some better teams and some teams are healthy and they've got some continuity, I think they'll struggle. But, yeah, but it's offensively, I think, you know, as long as they've kind of got these guys, they're going to hang uh, for a little bit. So, yeah, I still think, you know, somebody calls and sends the right trade offer to Ainge for – you know, Mike Conley, Michael Beasley, those guys, we'll see. But I go back to Tony Jones said in the preseason, covers the Jazz for the Athletic, he said, I think it's more likely Jordan Clarkson gets extended this year than mm. gets traded. And now we're hearing, you know, Zach Lowe backing that uh, to, to a point as well. So, you know, well, we're going to keep watching the Jazz. Um, you know, kind of we're watching them to see, like, all right, what happens when they trade? We might be watching the Jazz because maybe they just end up being good. I, I don't know. We're going to find out. I don't, I mean, I guess if it costs them a shot, at, uh, if it costs them Wen Benyama, then it's probably not a good thing. Yeah. But it's also hard to chastise a team for winning, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to say, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Why are, why are they winning when the players are finding success? Um, will it be sustainable? We'll find out. Who knows? It could be that they wind up, you know, by, by the time the dust settles and the season is over, they are who we thought they were going to be heading into the season. And this was just an aberration at the beginning of the season where they won some games. Um, like you said, though, it does look sustainable. Um, I don't know. I'd be tempted if I was Utah, too, to just kind of say, all right, let's keep this thing rolling and yep. and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, teams generally 
from everybody I've ever talked to, they don't start focusing on the standings as much until we get to around Christmas time, because then it's like, all right, let's start making our decision here with roughly a month and a half to go until the trade deadline. Let's start seeing where we're going to be. And then that's when it's usually the distance is not so far. Now, yeah, if Utah keeps winning four out of every five games for the next two months, well, then they're probably going to put themselves too far away from uh, really bottoming it out. But at that point, you're probably making the decision to say, hey, you know what, we're going to miss out on Wambanyama, but we're going to make an actual playoff push here so because we you know now we're sitting at what like something like 20 and 8 or something like that then they might say all right this is not the time for us to turn and and start to tank and those kind of things so yeah it's right now today you haven't put so much distance but yeah you keep winning at this clip you're you're probably going to but this is you know where i have to kind of constantly remind myself with both players and teams it's October 27th. Breathe, <laughs> breathe. It's been a week. Like, let's not get too, too fired up over what a single player is doing or what a team is doing one way or the other, because it's probably a lot of this is good. We're going to look back and be like, all right, that's not real. That wasn't real uh, months from now. That That is a perfect segue into our final two news topics, uh, because we're dealing with the two teams who have not won yet. Um, the Orlando magic Cole Anthony out indefinitely due to an oblique injury. Uh, what you're in Orlando? What's the the status there? What can the? I know the Magic aren't necessarily going for it this season, but they've actually sure. been a lot of fun to watch. And Paulo yeah. Bancaro has been for real. You'd like to see them, you know, have some success this year. My goodness, imagine Paulo and, and Wembyama side by side. Although I guess you can say the same with just about anybody with with no, I'd like to imagine that one. I like that. That, that, that could be really good. Yeah. Um, what does this mean for for the Orlando Magic? No Cole Anthony. He was so huge for them last year. This is a mess. They have nothing left at point guard healthy right now. Cole Anthony's out. Jalen Suggs is out. Markel Fultz is still out. Then you start looking at, all right, well, who could we slide over? Gary Harris, out. Um, RJ Hampton is probably the only thing resembling a guy who could play at the point. Terrence Ross is a guard in theory, but he's more of kind of like a smallish wing um, there, just the way he plays. And then you've got Kavon Harris, who's a two-way player, who's very much a two-guard. Um, kind of more in the traditional sense. If anything, he's more of a 2-3 because he can play up a little defensively. So that really leaves RJ Hampton. Now, some people have already been like, so what? They're going to lose games? That's kind of secondary, right? Like they're right. going to lose games anyway. Like they're just, they're not going to be a very good team. You, yes, you would hope to not be 0 and 5. You would hope to maybe be 2 and 3 at this point or something. But the challenge is when you are missing guards on a bad team like this in a young team, the bigs aren't going to look as good. They're not going to play as functional. You're not going to see what they could be because you don't have anybody to get you know, just get you into your stuff, run your sets, get guys right. set up, put guys in the right spot. That's where it gets super messy. Yeah, I'm all for give Ben Caro and Wagner more play playmaking duties, right? Put put them on ball a lot, let them create. But they're not ru- truly running an offense through those guys. It's just going to get super messy. And that's where, as I talk about a lot with these young teams, these injuries suck so much on these teams because it's just lost development time. If let's say they, they play this, you know, without a point guard for the next two weeks, that's like six, seven, eight games of 
well, that's lost. Now you start talking, you really can't. That's a tenth of a season that's just thrown out the window because, you know, we, we just didn't have anything in those games to really set us. So that's what gets lost here. It's not about wins and losses on the court. It just gets super messy. That's why you see a lot of times rebuilding teams, they'll keep a couple veteran guards around because we just need somebody who can get us in our offense, run things, get us where we should be. So it, it's it, it's rough right now, you know, and it's it's probably going to be that way for at least the next week or two. Maybe Suggs gets back sometime in that period. Maybe Markel Fultz is is going to be ready to go. But but for right now, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, and it's not you want these guys to have opportunities to develop, and that means having some guards on on your roster, even if you are losing games, you still want them to have a benefit from those losses. Absolutely. Um, LeBron took to Instagram, uh, posted a reel of himself dunking from last night's uh, loss to the Denver Nuggets, and in the caption said, uh, how long will they take you for granted? That's got people wondering, what does he really mean by that? Thinking he could be referencing the Lakers not making a trade as of this point, currently struggling at 0-4 and still having Russell Westbrook's $47 million sitting on their roster. Um, how much do you buy into the hype behind this kind of stuff? Like athletes love doing this kind of thing, put a cryptic comment out there and then let everybody go crazy over it. But what are your thoughts on, on LeBron saying that? Are you reading into it? Do you think this is him trying to put pressure on the front office to do something here? Maybe, um, you know, LeBron has kind of been the the king of the subtweet too. You know, if we're going to mm-hmm. add to his, uh, as they say in uh, Game of Thrones, titles, 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 right? If if we we add one more to him, he is you know king of the subtweet because he has been. If I think about it with LeBron, I go back. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it wrong. I can't remember who it was because this was just a little bit after my my time as a kid. Um, that's just LeBron and I are just just a few years difference in age. It was either Arthur or Arnold. I can't remember, right? Remember way back in the Cavs days, and it was just the, the balled-up fist of the cartoon character. Um, it's, oh. it's like an aardvark or something. I can't remember. Yeah. But he um, Remember he tweeted that out like when he was with the Cavs. He was just like mad. It was just the balled-up fist. And it's like, yeah, this guy kind of – I don't think LeBron does anything in season without meaning behind Arthur. it. I, I think there's a reason to it's Arthur. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah, yep. I, I couldn't remember if it was Arthur or I don't I don't know enough about it, but uh, but I do remember the the image, you know, of just this he was like mad. I want to say yeah. his friends were making fun of him or something. He's like, I'm gonna punch somebody. But anyway, it's um <laughs> now I'm just looking like an old idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think he does anything without meaning behind it. I think he very much is trying to set up for all right, this is we'll see what happens next. You know, who's he pointing to? Is it his teammates? And he's trying to motivate them. Is it the Lakers front office? Who, you know, I mean, the reality is it's funny because a couple of people are like, well, they're not going to tank the season because they don't own their pick. That part is true. I've also seen they're not going to tank the season because they need to sell tickets. They're the Lakers. They're going to sell tickets. They sold tickets when they were horrible, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, a bunch of kids on the team. Like they're still going to sell tickets. And also, like, they're going to pitch then, hey, come watch LeBron break the scoring record, right? Like, like that's going to be where it goes. But, yeah, my guess is there is probably to some extent here of a, hey, let's just at least be thinking about what we can do. Let's not just be content to let this be what the year is going to be, uh, you know, from now. And, again, it's we didn't even make it to November. 
before this is happening. Like that's crazy. Well, it is. Um, it is and it isn't, right? Like sure. the fan base and the <laughs> Lakers in general, yep. the nerves are beyond frayed from, yeah. from last season. I mean, everybody was on edge coming into the season. So to start off the way they had, there's definitely that sense of, oh no, here we go again. What are they doing? You know what I mean? Nobody wants mm-hmm. to go through that again last season. Sure. I've called it many times, the worst season in team history. Uh, that was awful. And I'm sure LeBron doesn't want to go through that again either. Yeah. You could see there was frustration with him last night in that game. Um, and now there's, I'm, I have not watched the video. I'm just seeing this. Um, so I can't say for sure exactly what Windhorst said, but I'm seeing somebody commented here, uh, posted over to Lakers Reddit, posted a video of uh, Brian Windhorst uh, on ESPN today saying that what Windhorst is saying is that the Lakers, their message to other teams is that they're waiting for the big one, the big trade. Uh, but the vibe from L.A. is that they're not expecting a Westbrook trade. They hope the current roster will grow and internally think their best bet is to wait for the 2024 season when Westbrook's contract expires. If that's the context around the Lakers right now, and you add that to LeBron's post, it all it makes sense. Sure. Because then if you're yeah. if you're LeBron, you're saying, well, then why did I extend? What what are we doing here? Like, you know, you're talking about like LeBron might if that's going to be your take, if if it's and that's fine. Like you can say strategically, they may be better off just waiting to have cap space next summer and all of that. But if you're LeBron, say, well, okay, so do I? You want me to just go sit down over there and wait or what? Because because they're not they're not going to do anything with the, with this roster as is. So um, I do wonder if those two things are related. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think there's definitely probably some so, something to, to that, right? I'm not. Uh, I don't want to go. You know, the whole windy. You know, why would they do that? Meme? Now, why but would they do that? that? Is, right? like, <laughs> like, I do. I mean, obviously, Brian Windhorst is super tapped in, right? Like sure. he, you know, does know his stuff. Um, I, I don't think it's quite like when he was. Right, he was very close with LeBron when he was with the Cavs originally because he had covered him in high school and then you know covered him all the way through. But I do think one of the one of the things that we well, I, I you can't send that those two messages of we're waiting for the big trade, but where you also think it's best to wait until he just expired. Those right. that doesn't work. The big trade has to happen with Westbrook's contract, right? So either you're waiting for the big trade. Or 
you truly believe just let his contract expire. My thing is now with Westbrook, and I've given this a lot of thought, and I know, obviously, I know you've had a million conversations down this, you know, vein because it's what you do. But for me, it was just talking with some people and somebody's like, what what would you do right now if you were running the Lakers? And I said, well, you know, I get the idea of like, maybe it's not right to make a trade, but I would be done with it. I'd be like, just go home. We're John Walling you go home because it's not going to work. It's, it's, it's over. You've given it, you've given it a year. You came back hoping all, you know, some fresh new uh, coaching staff and new plans and stuff. It's just not going to be a thing. Just, you know, stop making, trying to make fetch happen, move along, you know, bench Russ, call it good. Right. And I think at this point too, I don't think Russ is going to fight him all that much. I mean, you might get some, you know, but what's he going to do? Demand a trade. Okay. Great. We've been trying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Like it's good good to know you want that. And here's the thing. What if he got so angry that he's like, fine, I'll give back $10 million in a buck. Great. Maybe then that's what you do. And you say, screw it. We'll go that direction. I don't think they would. I think they'd rather hold on, but yeah, it is really, really hard because I just, that's one thing you can't, whether it's through the media or direct, you can't say we're holding out to make a big trade. Or, but we really think the best thing to do is let his his number expire, because right. either if you came out today and said, "Look, Russ is going home, we're going to let his contract expire, we're going to play with cap space next summer," I get a whole lot of people be very very angry, oh because yeah. that's you know what are you doing? But at least it's a plan, right? At least it's like this is our plan. Please stick with us, see it through. Like, I know it's probably not going to be a great year, but it honestly, you're probably better off that way too, because you're probably, you're not putting a negative player on the court for 30 plus minutes a night, you know, ideally. Um, Or say, look, we're going to actively do everything we can to trade them. Both picks are on the table in the right trade and blah, 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 blah. We're trying, we're trying, we're trying. And I think there, like we talked, it might even been in the last show. People do have to be a little patient. Half the league can't be traded right now. So I get it. It may be crappy for the next month and a half until the trade window really opens on December 15th. But if the Lakers start sending that message of like, Hey, we're going to we're going to get something done when we can. All right. At least it's a plan right now, completely devoid of any emotional attachment to it. It just feels like there's no plan. It just feels like, Oh, we just hope it'll get better. That's not like, you know, that's not a thing. Like that's, uh, that's a good description know, for the last two seasons. <laughs> I mean, kind of right. It's yeah. and like last year. I, I get it. Cause last year we talked about it a million times. Sure. in million shows. The Lakers hit the point of no return. Where it's like, look, now there's too many guys that are hurt. This is just done. Like, e- even though we don't have the pick, we're not, pl- we're not playing for anything anymore. So there's no reason to say, Hey, AD, come back and you know, bust your tail over the last 20 games when it's not going to mean anything, but yeah, it just, it does. It just seems, you know, and, and I just, I guess I go back to too, and I, I'm not trying to pour salt in the wound here, but like what in the world was extending Rob Palenka? Why, why did you do yeah, oh, that? Yeah. Like it makes well, no sense. And they, the thing is they knew, they knew when they were doing it, that it was, they would get torn to shreds for it yep. because when they did it, they kept it quiet. Yep. They yeah. didn't say anything about it. And they then they, it eventually yep. leaks out like four months later. Yep. Yeah. Like clearly they knew the optics were, would have been horrible if it came out when it happened. Like they were bad when it came out, would have been awful. If it was Frank Vogel, you're fired. The season was so terrible. Hey, Rob, here's an extension. And that's the way it went down. Yep. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. But in any event, 
I, I do wonder if part of this is, and I'm sure I'll get into this a lot more on Lakers Nation, part of this is other teams are saying, you guys are in trouble. You guys are desperate. We need everything oh, if you want 100%. anything yeah. from us. And so yeah. the Lakers are, and so other teams are saying, you know, are using that. And the Lakers are going, well, we'll just keep them. We'll just keep Russ. That's totally our plan. That's totally our plan is just to keep them. So, sure. yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Oh, like I mean if there's, if there's some element of that to this. Yeah. If I'm the Pacers and it's like, hey, you want to do the heel Turner trade? It is both picks. I want to swap right in 2028. And I want every second round pick you can give me. And you know what? I want David Putney just because I GD feel like it. <laughs> like right like it's like that's where right. i would be right like like I, I want all that i want everything you can give me because yeah because you're hoping right now you're hoping the lakers panic right if you're another team it's make a panic deal now they can't make a panic deal and trade away you know the next five years of draft picks because some of them are already gone but you could you know hopefully pin them into a panic trade of hey 27 29 and throw in a swap right in 2028 like in between um two things i want to address too just because I've, I've been asked this a lot is at what point does lebron ask for a trade can't be traded this year because he extended so mm -hmm. he's not he's he's not can't cannot be traded it's not that he has ability to block a trade or anything he cannot be traded so that's kind of you know part one. I apologize, they're cutting the grass outside. Right? Oh, you're fine. Um, so that is he cannot be traded. The other thing is um with picks, because I've seen like I've had Lakers fans say, what can we do about protecting those picks because they are so far down the line? The answer is very, very little because you can't 2027. You you that's could, right. but only to an extent, because if it did ever roll over into 2028, then you can't trade 2029, right? Because yeah. you can't trade picks in back to back years, so you'd have to really protect 2027 to turn into like two seconds Second and something like and that. And teams don't want that. And, and yeah, and, and teams, if I'm another team, I'm hoping the Lakers fall so far apart that like, hey, these are going to be like the picks the Nets were delivering to the Lakers or the Celtics rather, right. uh, you know, you know, years down the line. So yeah, it, it is, it, this, this is tough. I mean, I fully empathize with any Laker fan who jumps in my mentions comments here on the show, or I just see on Twitter or wherever. And it's just like trade the picks. Just, you have to do something. We have to make it better than it is right now. Cause I get it. Cause to your point, you can't, nobody wants, that same year as a year ago, if this is the team you root for, it's just, yep. you know, because it's not even being bad with the idea of like, well, at least we'll get in the Wembenyama sweepstakes. Like that's right. not even a thing. It's uh it's a joyless season yeah. with, with no, yeah, with no, no silver lining to it. That sucks on October 27th. Right. Yep. Like, like no, nobody should feel like, well, our season's over. I mean, I, I legit know. Yes, they do exist. Actual Orlando magic fans that are like, Hey, I get to watch Paulo. He's awesome. Yep. And we lose, and maybe we'll get Wambinyama or we'll get Scoot Henderson. So they don't even necessarily really care about losing the games. No. You know, get guys healthy and win. Like with the Lakers, there's there's I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go all in on 35 minutes a night of Max Christie development minutes? Like that's not gonna be a thing, you know. So yeah, I get it. And then the last thing, as I said to you off air, this is more than any more. Not more than the rust trade, because that's obviously the big big one on his ledger. But of the immediate roster construction, Rob Palenka and crew need to be asked, how did we sign 10 guards and none of them can shoot? Like, how yeah. did this happen? You know, where even again, some of them are kind of below their their norms. 
but it's like someone it's so bad and it's like how, how did this happen like how, how did you not stumble into Bryn Forbes for a minimum you know right. or you know something like that I just those are the questions that, that they really need to be getting pushed on and I would also start to because they never did it last year I'd start earlier than usual if some dude that they like is tearing Devin Kennedy, right? They 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 have up the G League. League. If he is tearing it up in the G League, I would see you later, Dennis Schroeder. See you later. Uh, I, I'm, now I'm blanking on like other minimum value guys. See you later, Troy Brown. You'll sure. buy Thomas Bryant. Like I, I would just you know start moving because what difference is it going to make? Like those guys are not saving you this year. I would just, you know, I get it. It's going to add to your tax bill or whatever, but you got to get some form of shooting, you know, because the last thing I can only imagine what it's going to be like if Devin Kennedy comes out, starts the G league season on fire and then gets called up by Charlotte and he's, oh, like, yeah. you know, and then he's, yep. you, know, you know, doing all right off Charlotte's bench. Like Laker fans are going to lose their minds. Like we had this guy. Now the Lakers, to be clear, I know I've explained this on the show before. They have no, they don't even have right of first refusal, nothing. He's an NBA free agent, signed with whoever he wants, but he's still in the system. He's in in the same facility that the Lakers are in every day. Right. You know, so they're obviously seeing him. Like, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying Devin Kennedy's going to be amazing, but he has a track record as a guy who can shoot and score. Like, you just, I don't know. I would not, you can't ride into months and months into the season with, you know, whoever this year's version of Avery Bradley and Kent Bazemore are on the roster. Cause it's just, it's, you just can't do it. You, you have to start cutting those guys loose and finding other guys. Cause if nothing else, then maybe somebody pops and they're a diamond in the rough. And now you've got something moving forward. Well, and they've got, so they've got a team full of guys that are all Essentially, with the exception of like like Kendrick Nunn is above average as a three-point shooter over his career. But most of the guys on their career are just slightly below league average. Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly on his career a little bit above. So I get what they were thinking. They were thinking, hey, we're going to have a good defense putting this group together and we'll be slightly below league average from three. And then we're going to just, you know, get by that way. Yeah. And that hasn't happened, though. They've been ridiculously below league. Yeah. They've been like horrifically, historically bad from yeah. three. And so that's part of what, like, you're right. They don't have a lot of shooters, but they also built this team assuming, okay, well, everybody's just going to be a little bit below and we'll, we'll just, we'll deal with being a little bit low in that area, but they're so low. I mean, so like you would never project that any of these guys would drop this far as they have in these first four games. Um, They're so low that it's preventing them from being able to compete because they just, they simply can't make Anything I was telling you before we came on here, I've never seen this happen with a team. I've seen games where teams don't shoot sure. well, but a four-game stretch where nobody can nobody hit can a wide-open shot, yeah. like it's it's unbelievable. Even my guy Matt Ryan, like they even broke him. Like they, yeah, you know, it's like a disease. Pretty soon, teams are gonna be like, we forfeit our game because we can't risk the infection of the Lakers like, being near us. The bad, there's there's bad a joke among Lakers fans that there is a Laker like everybody talks about the Lakers tax and trade efforts. Maybe it's a <laughs> sure. blanket tax. But uh, but there's also a Lakers tax in shooting where shooters, whenever they come to the Lakers, you automatically take 5% off of whatever their career average is. Um, that's kind of the general rule because we've seen it happen with, you know, like Reggie Bullock and play, you know players like that. Um, yeah. So, We're, oh, man, and I, I, I don't know if it's a cumulative effect of all of that. <laughs> Suddenly that tax went through the roof. I don't know. Inflation. I don't know what this is. 
We'll we'll find out if uh, if Kyle Korver comes out of retirement and all of a sudden is a twenty five percent three point shooter, then we know happen. it's for real. Because I think Kyle Korver twenty years from now, when he's deep into his fifties, pushing sixty, will be able to walk onto an NBA court and bury a three pointer without much worry. Right? Oh, I've, um, I've got I've got Lakers fans saying they need to sign Carmelo Anthony with that with that mindset of he could make a three. <laughs> it's true. Yo, know, hey hey, at least this year they're not crappy and super old they're just kind of crappy like that's i mean I, we're looking for silver linings guys we promise to we have no intentions of right because you guys if you want to hear trevor talk lakers you know where you can find that but yeah. we know if we if there are things going on with the lakers or the celtics that aren't great we don't talk about them it looks like we're intentionally like skipping over these right. things. And we're, we're trying not to do that, you know, here on this show too. That's a lot of times we'll, we're saving it for the end. So that if you're like, all right, they're just going to, you know, gripe about this for the next 10 minutes or whatever. But, but yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, it's happening. And the reality is, Hey, you could call us, you know, exceptionalism or not. It's two of the biggest teams in the league and they're, they're going to get a chunk of the coverage on the show, you know, for as long sure. as it's interesting. And all you need to do is look back to last year, the minute the Lakers were officially eliminated and probably a couple weeks ahead of that when we knew it was coming, we basically stopped talking about it because there was nothing left that was interesting. There was nothing to, to say talk yeah. about on this show, on the you know front office show. Yeah, Lakers specific, sure. But, you know, here. So, so what, Christmas-ish, we'll probably stop talking about this team until yep. they trade rest or, or AD. Uh, did you see that floating around on the timeline today now? Yeah, you know, I mean, way out of this. Are- AD and it's like, oh boy. <laughs> that's, yeah. But that's that's a topic for another day. We, we can Absolutely. Get that. One quick update on one of our earlier stories. Sham Sharani is now porting, reporting Damian Lillard going to be out one to two weeks uh, with, with that calf strain. So it sounds like Portland's going to be uh, pretty cautious with, with their star guy, which is, yep. makes sense given you know uh, what, what he's been through uh, in his uh, recent injury history. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, a little bit without Lillard. We'll see where things go with the Lakers. A lot of injuries today. Oh, boy. So much negativity in today's show. Hopefully, we have some positivity tomorrow. Probably will because the Lakers aren't playing tonight. We talked so. about the Jazz. They're 3-1. They're fun. That's true. That's Cavs, 3-1, right? Wizards, 3-1 despite injuries. Yeah. They're getting there. there go. All right, everybody. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show. Don't forget to follow us over wherever you get podcasts as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.